0: Today, we are continuing our draft breakdowns, focusing on the edge rusher and interior defensive line positions, talking about the first round with guys like Jordan Davis. How would we feel about that at 17 at this point, while also trying to find the Chargers help later on in the draft in the third, fourth, and even fifth rounds, all on today's Locked on Chargers podcast. You are Locked on Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer, And we've been covering the Chargers for over six seasons together, but this is our fifth season as a host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys for making us your first listen and to make sure you never miss the show, subscribe to the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcast from. But the draft grind continues today and we're getting into Eight more new prospects on today's show. Four more edge rushers that we're going to talk about in the third through fifth rounds, guys who could help the Chargers if they don't go that way at pick 17, knowing the need they have at edge three right now. And also talk about some defensive tackles like Jordan Davis in the first round and the first round hype that's still around him to the Chargers at 17 and where the Chargers can find help later on in the draft with four new draft profiles on interior defensive linemen, And I think a lot of guys to get excited about, David. I think this was a good session. A lot of film being watched. It's going to be a long week. But, hey, this is a great week. The draft is coming. The Chargers are going to improve their roster. And it starts with the 17th overall pick. And I think the thing is now, David, is so much has changed, right, since the start of free agency when the mock drafts and things like that were first rolling out. Edge rusher and defensive tackle were two of the biggest positions that people mocked to the Chargers just because it's like they had such a – massive hole on the inside defensively. And at that point, we didn't know about Khalil Mack, right? And the Chargers do have a need at edge three. They do have a need still at defensive tackle. They could still add more talent to that room. But it does seem like a different conversation right now.
1: Yeah, it definitely does, Daniel. I mean, you go out there, I mean, beforehand, obviously, we know that the run defense was a giant liability all season long, and teams repeatedly attacked that hole, and part of Brandon Staley's defense is kind of inviting the opponents to run the ball on them, or kind of daring them to, but... Unfortunately, they didn't really have the personnel to really do that and be able to do it effectively. Yeah, um, he that, dared, they,
0: they dared him to do it, and they did it over and, and over and and over again with with much success. And and right and over, like, okay, yeah. you dare me. Okay, I will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bet. Gotcha. Definitely okay. doing it.
1: Um, but yeah, I mean, after you know the season, they go out there and free agency starts. And hey, even before free agency starts, the edge rusher position emphatically addressed with right. Khalil Mack, and then you know, Hey, you you know, you got to fix the run defense. And, you know, they did that and they had a plan. They said, Hey, I have, I have a plan on what I'm trying to do to go in there and fix that run defense. They go get two of the best run stopping defensive linemen that are out there in the NFL right now. Sebastian Joseph day, who obviously had familiarity in Brandon Staley's defense with the Rams and Austin Johnson, both guys were top 15 in run stop percentage. uh, And they're absolutely phenomenal at that. So you get guys that are, concentrated to focus on eliminating your biggest issue and so I think the conversation around those positions it has to change
0: and it has and I think the one thing that still kind of remains constant though is some buzz around Jordan Davis specifically to the Chargers at 17 and such a freak right I mean that that word gets thrown around there a lot I think especially this time of year athletic freak different kind of player like a, a one in a million type of tools player as far as you know being six foot six being you know three hundred and forty pounds running a four seven eight forty like they just don't grow on trees but at this point David since it's not a huge need anymore right since you don't have a massive hole that you have to feel with a massive player would you feel differently now about that pick if the Chargers decided to go that way at seventeen?
1: Yeah, I think I'd probably be a little upset, to be quite honest with you, if, if they took Jordan Davis in the first round because of what the moves that they've made already to address the run defense. Um, and also, I, I mean, can they add more contributors? Yeah, I definitely think that. But I think the way to do that now and the best use of that first round pick, that premium 17th overall pick, is to allocate that somewhere else. I think if they didn't make the moves that they made, then yeah, we would be sitting here like, hey, Go get a big guy. Go get a dominant interior defensive lineman like a Jordan Davis. But like I said before, that conversation has changed, and I think for the better.
0: And I think when you're saying upset, I mean, I think you're just going to probably like somebody better at seven. Yeah, just the allocation
1: same. of the resource. Sure. I just don't think it's the best allocation well, we already of that knew. 17th overall pick.
0: We already knew if you're going for a two-down run-stuffing defensive lineman, right, with the first yeah. overall pick, you're probably not going to get a lot of positional value out of that. But if the Chargers did it at this point, you'd have to think it was because of a best player available situation. Like you'd have to think on their board, he's the top guy because it isn't as much of a need, right? So now yeah. you think if they did pull the trigger, it would just be, Hey, they can't resist it. And and it would still be exciting. I know there's a lot of Jordan Davis truthers out there, obviously probably is not going to be my preferred pick at 17, depending on who's there. And he might not even be there because of how right. crazy athletically gifted he is still a guy not to get excited about because of, just, you know, the world eater kind of game he would bring, right? Like there's going to be 30% of the plays where he's just totally wrecking things for the opposing offense just with the way he plays. And even though there was a limited snap counts and there's other red flags there too. But edge rusher is a lot different as well. And I think it starts here, David, because the four guys that you think are going to be gone are almost for sure going to be gone. Jermaine Johnson, Kevin Thibodeau, Aiden Hutchinson. And I mean, when you're looking at guys like that, they're obviously up there for a reason. It's a very loaded class at edge oh, pressure, yeah. Right. And and at the top. Yeah. At the, and well, yeah, I, I think there's, you know, a lot of guys to like, I mean, for the chargers though, it only makes sense at 17 because there's some good second round players that are going to be there as well. Right. And I think that the chargers obviously are going to miss out on that, but, Guys like Jermaine Johnson, guys like Aiden Hutchinson are the guys that are not obviously going to fall to you. Trayvon Walker is the other fourth guy, too. And he's, you know, some people in our Locked On mock, he was the first overall pick because just the tools and the athletic gifts he brings to the table. So that would leave probably David Ajabo and George Karloftis are probably the realistic options for you at 17 or either of those, you know, making you think about it at 17.
1: Yeah, before Mac, yeah, I was definitely considering edge rusher for sure. I mean, that is a a big thing. Joey Bosa was getting completely swarmed uh, on every single play. They were, you know, the game plan going against the Chargers uh, on the defensive side is, you know, try to locate Derwin James and eliminate Joey Bosa. Do not let this guy wreck the game because – Obviously, he is very capable of doing that, and he still got his. He still won his fair share. But now with a real legitimate pass rusher on the other side, a guy that is just as good as he is, I mean, I I mean, I just can't think of any other person that could be any more excited on the face of the earth than Joey Bosa sure. when Khalil Mack was brought to the table. So, um, I mean, with those two guys particular, I mean, David Jabo, I mean, another physical freak, you know, one of the guys you like, uh, has a lot of, you know, great traits there in George, Well, Carloftis now has
0: an Achilles there, right? That's that's a huge yeah. part of it, too. Like, the buzz, it, there's not as much hype around it as there was. But, like, I mean, George Karloftis at one point, though, was, like, a, considered a top-10 pick, borderline, yeah. right? As the third-best edge rusher behind those top two guys, in Aiden Hutchinson, and Kayvon Thibodeau, that's where he started this process. Obviously, it's hard to get excited about those now. I think I think that's the biggest part of it is just you're really looking mostly for edge three.
1: Yeah, well, and not only you know did you bring in Cleo Mack, you had to pay Cleo Mack too. I mean, that came right. you know with a financial responsibility um, that also you know would indicate that you're going to probably try to address that edge three position probably a little bit later on in the draft.
0: Well, and what a show to have that revelation because we have some guys coming up. That could potentially help the Chargers in some capacity because it is a pretty deep edge rusher class to a certain extent. I mean, there's a drop off in the guys that we're going to talk about have obvious flaws, but there are some edge rushers that could potentially be an impact player for the Chargers in 2022. And the defensive tackle specifically, like, pretty deep. Like, there's some guys I like that are going to be fourth and fifth round picks that could be very realistic options for the Chargers that we're going to get into at the end of the show but now we're getting into the next tier of edge rushers that the chargers don't go there at 17 coming up after this but i first need to tell you guys about something i've been taking every day and that is ag1 from athletic greens and i started taking it because i wanted to see what all the hype was about one of the podcasts that i listened to was promoting it and i was like okay that sounds nice you know don't have to take a bunch of vitamins all at once you can just pour something in water right a little bit of powder into water it tastes good And then you're going to have everything that you need because with one scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, superfoods, probiotics, adaptogens to help you start your day right. The special blend of ingredients support your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, and your recovery. And for me, the ones I've noticed the most are things I haven't even talked about. I think I just have been more alert, more clear, which is nice during this time, especially when you're watching your laptop for hours and hours on end to stay alert to do a podcast is always the easiest thing to do, as David can attest to tonight for sure. Athletic Greens has helped with that, and I, I take it every day. And the other thing it is, even though it keeps me alert, I've also found myself sleeping better too but right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day that's it no need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health make to make it easy athletic greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune supporting vitamin d in five free travel packs with your first purchase all you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com nfl network again that's athleticgreens.com nfl network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance I honestly need to tell you guys about Bet Online. And there was a big time post that came out on Twitter from Locked On's Twitter account today. The Chargers minus 140 to make the playoffs, or my, I think it's minus 140, the second favorite in their division behind the Kansas City Chiefs. A lot of Raiders fans took exception. But the one thing I thought was crazy is three teams in the AFC West were favored to make the playoffs. If you guys want to go get into that action at Bet Online, they have the best odds lines and props that you're going to find out there. And there's just so many good sports going on right now. If you guys are watching NBA basketball playoffs, even if you're not into basketball, I promise you if you have some juice on it, if you have some action on the game, it's going to become way more exciting. There's pretty much great UFC fights every weekend. You can go esports, You can go pretty much anything with Bet Online. It's the only place I go to bet. And it's the best place to place your bet because they have a bunch of tournaments and specials going on all the time. You can even go to your favorite Vegas casino games. So head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in the action at bet online, where the game starts. All right, David. Well, we did talk about the cream of the crop at the edge position for the chargers, because it would be nice to have three of those guys. <laughs> you know, it would be nice to have Joey Bosa getting an, a third guy, right? Or a second guy to help him generate some pass rush. But realistically, Seems like the Chargers will probably wait, right? Which is a tricky game because you traded for Khalil Mack. Your second round pick basically is Khalil Mack. So you got edge rusher, Buffalo, Khalil Mack coming to the Chargers. That's your second round pick. So you do think they will add a third edge rusher? Because right now, it's Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, and Chris Rump. They're going to have to try to hit on another pick. Chris Rump was a fourth round pick, and they'll have the 79th overall pick. Maybe that's where they choose to address it, but we're going to be looking between the third and in the fifth you know, round, just somewhere around there. David, who did you start with? Were you able to find someone that got you excited?
1: Yeah, I was. I mean, a couple of guys here. And I mean, uh, obviously, I, I had a little bit of an affinity for this one just because he did play at San Diego State University. And uh, I am talking about the defensive end, Cameron Thomas. Cameron Thomas, six four, two 267 pounds, so he has a pretty good size. He played D-tackle and nose tackle in 19 and actually moved from nose tackle to D-end in 2020. He was a second-team All-American Mountain West Conference Defensive Player of the Year, first-team All-Mountain West Conference, so he definitely has the accolades. 21 and a half sacks, 39 tackles for loss. Um, But to get into it, he's a very physical player. That's the thing that stands out to me right away. Um, He does a great job of playing the run, and I saw him uh, effectively scrape the line of scrimmage to be able to be effective making tackles against the run. I love that. High effort, high motor type of player. This guy also does a great job of splitting the double teams, and he has strong, active, and effective hand usage, Daniel. So a lot of things to like as an edge rusher there um you know when you're looking at a guy to come and bring into the to the fold
0: yeah and a group of five guy right and it, you yeah. had to be a a big time game record to get acknowledged as early as he probably will be at the nfl draft and he was a guy many were thinking could potentially be a first round pick at the start of this then it was second now it seems like it's more of a third round pick at this point but there was one thing that i saw a lot when i was watching him is he does end up on the ground a little bit too much a little bit better control but that's kind of just what he is he's a all, you know, balls to the wall, full effort, all the time, and he and he has game wrecking potential. He at least did at that level. You want to see him dominate smaller competition. He did that a lot of Pac twelve games on SDSU schedule. He did. He played well in those games as well. But there's obvious drawbacks. Is you know the reason why he's not going to be picked higher.
1: Yeah. And then, I mean, with the edge rusher, this is not your speed edge rusher type of guy. He's not going to win often with his speed. That's not something that's really a big part of his game. Sure. Also, he's kind of inconsistent with his jumps from time to time. Um, You know, he's had, had four offside penalties. He also needs to work on stacking his moves together, kind of continuing to build that pass rush profile and that attack. You know, one thing doesn't work, you want to be able to go to the next thing and the next thing. That's something I still think that needs – to be uh, created for him um also smaller school competition is always a concern so you want have to keep that in mind um when you're talking about him but i, I think in the third round i mean again we we're talking about a guy who had some first round second round buzz i think this is a player who come, can come in and be productive right away
0: yeah for sure i mean i love watching him at san diego state it'll be interesting to see how his game specifically translates at the next level, but we gotta speed things up here a little bit to get to all of these guys. We have Josh Pasqual is the guy I'm going with, an edge rusher out of Kentucky. I have seen him potentially as a second round pick by some people, but Dane Brugler on the Beast, his draft guide, which is I highly recommend. So much information on there. He has him as a projected third round prospect, and I think he's a guy that I like a lot. Guy probably Brandon Staley will have an affinity for because he is a guy who is a cancer survivor. 2018 had a tumor removed and it was a deadly form of skin cancer. Pascal from Dame Brugler had several more operations, required aggressive treatments, and skin grafts began immunotherapy to help his immune system. Ended up coming back to college and having a really, really good career and was one of the best players on a very good Kentucky defense where he got to go up against a lot of the good guys in the SEC and had a a very high level of competition. I saw him rush from nose tackle, defensive tackle, edge rusher, very good run defender. I think that's what I like about him is he could come in And be good at something right away. He's a work in progress as a pass rusher. Never had more than five and a half sacks in a season. Call him Chen Nwosi, right? But there are things to like there. And maybe he doesn't have the highest ceiling. But if you're talking about a guy who can come in off the bench, be a solid player, you know he's not going to be a liability in run defense. And you have a guy who has a high high football IQ, 9.7 RAS score, so maybe some room to grow as a pass rusher as well but i do like that as Dame bruger's 83rd ranked prospect a guy that if he makes it there the third round at the 79th overall pick would be hard to pass up on a guy that i'm high on in this draft class and why i think it is kind of a deeper class at the edge rusher position that's like his 16th ranked edge rusher so we're getting down there i think he's fourteenth, but a lot of dudes are going to go in this draft early on in the top 100 david who's your next guy
1: Hey, we're always looking for pass rushers, right? I mean, every single team is looking to add pass rushers. You can never get enough of them. My next guy here is Majai Sanders out of Cincinnati, six foot five, you know, big size, 247, so a little bit slender on the weight there. Active, effective right. hand usage is the first thing that stands out to me. Explosive get off. I mean, this guy, like he times the snap, I mean, he can go. He, he really wins with quickness. Uh, and but the hand usage is his best weapon. Like it's really, I mean, fantastic. He uses that to defeat offensive linemen and get around them. He has some bend, um, but as far as the weaknesses here, he gets to his spot, but he doesn't always finish, and that's something that that frustrated me a little bit. He does have a slender build, so that's something I think he can uh, stand to add a little bit weight to his frame. He's a bit <laughs> of a liability against the run, um, and he had twenty four penalties in the last three years. Most what? of those. Or offsides penalties, trying to get the jump. I mean, I understand it. I mean, Joey Bosa had some of those issues, but when you're Joey Bosa, you can get away with that. Unfortunately right. for Maja Sanders, he is not Joey Bosa. So that is something he definitely needs to work on at the next level.
0: Yeah, my Jay Sanders is one of those guys. I mean, it says he's 228 pounds. <laughs> you can't be an edge rusher at 228 pounds. He's six foot five, too. So like yeah. that's really slender, but is a playmaker, right? Just mm-hmm. flat out has been a playmaker. Obviously, the penalties are concerning, but that's another dude who's really won the offseason circuit, had a really good senior bowl, tested well for his position, a guy that's rising up even with those size concerns, and played for a Cincinnati team who got to play some pretty good teams in 2021 as well. I had to scrap one of mine. Note to anyone watching film and you want to talk about, it, especially with the Chargers, make sure there's no legal red flags before you watch all the film on it. I had to scrap one tonight after, you know, obviously you had something like that yesterday too. So check that out first, because obviously with the Chargers, you want to talk about guys they could draft. And anyone with any kind of legal concerns are probably going to be off the Chargers board very quickly. So I ended up going with Alex Wright, a very, very raw prospect. He played for UAB, University of Alabama, Birmingham, a small school, six foot five, 272 pounds at his pro day. He had over 38 four-inch arms at the combine, but at his pro date, they measured it like almost 36 inches, so somewhere in between those. But when you watch him, I mean, it looks like he has 38-inch arms. The guy uses his length very well, locks out blockers to find the ball carrier, keeps uh, linemen off his chest when he's pass rushing, because, I mean, when you have arms that long, it's very hard for linemen to lock you up completely skinny. Has a lot of room. Totally raw prospect. This would be a fourth, maybe a fifth round pick. But a guy you would be betting on the tools there, right? A guy that you're hoping to develop who can be a weapon. Coming off the bench, to spell Joey Bosa and also Khalil Mack. You don't need much help with those guys. And this guy has a lot of room to grow. Gets buried by double teams. He strained a peck at the combine, so we didn't really get to get his real testing numbers. And only had 12 and a half sacks in three seasons. That's the one alarming thing for a guy, especially at a smaller school, only to have that. But... Watched him against Georgia, and, like, the dude held his own. He looked like he belonged there. There were some flashes. There was also times where he just got totally buried in the dirt. But we don't have to talk about that because we're talking about the positives here and guys the Chargers would want to draft, obviously. But there are some good edge rushers in this class, and I think some guys, even if the Chargers don't address it at 17, they might be able to find somebody who can have an impact in 2022. And that's why I like Pascal specifically because I think he's the anti-rump to some degree, you know, a guy that can come in and be a reliable You know, set the edge kind of guy, set a physical edge. And then with Alex Wright, it's just you're betting on the tools at that point. You're spending a later round pick to see a guy potentially, you know, blossom into something more than he was at the collegiate level, which is projection is everything at this level. But the one thing I really like talking about, David, is defensive tackles. It's kind of like guards. Yesterday, the guards were getting me going. Today, it's the defensive tackle. It's the girth that really, you know, I, I just love it. I love the inside, love just the, the nature of playing defensive tackle and offensive guard just bashing their head every play and there are some guys David even third fourth fifth round that I think would be really solid addition to the Chargers defensive tackle room so we're going to be getting into that coming up after this but I need to tell you guys if you ever need any kind of auto part there's a one-stop shop I can tell you guys about it's rockauto.com With the ever-increasing number of makes and models it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to have all the parts that you need so why go up to the counter and talk to the guy you probably don't know that much about cars, and he's going to ask you some questions you don't have the answers to, when you can go to the website, go to rockauto.com, click the box, type what kind of car you have in, and in a few easy clicks, you'll be able to find the part that you need. I've already used rockauto.com several times, and not only are you getting the part that you need without having to talk to some dude at the auto parts store, you're getting it at a great price. So why spend 30 50 even 100% more on the same part when you can get it from a family-owned business at rockauto.com? And get the best price as well. And they have everything you need from brake parts, tail lamps, you name it. They have it. So go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts they have available for your car or truck. And write Lockdown in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. All right, David. Well, another draft show here. Another... Chance for the Chargers to get better and improve in some positions because we know even though the Chargers have had a great offseason so far, there's still some holes that have to be filled and it gets trickier the later you get into the draft. But with defensive tackles, David, I, I feel like I found some hope because I do think it is kind of a deep defensive tackle draft. I do think there's guys later on that you can find that will be able to help you. So who did you end up starting with?
1: Yeah, so I mean, I started with the big school guy here. I mean, I, I just like the the, the biggest look school. of him. Yeah, the biggest school, right? The the NFL factory, of course. You know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Alabama here, and I am talking about Fidarian Mathis, who is projected to go in the second to third round. Six foot four, three hundred and ten pounds, thirty four and five eighth inch arms. So very long limbs. There showcases excellent strength. He does not get knocked back very often clearly improved year over year as well i went back and watched i tried to watch tape from you know every year that they're in college i mean i see some you know definite improvement strong violent hand usage i mean he used it to a great effectiveness he's very very powerful against the run and he had some great intangibles as well as well he was a permanent leader a captain during his senior year the entire year um, so a lot of things to like there on the uh, the negative side or the things to improve here. Very slow getting off the line of scrimmage when the ball is snapped. I mean, it almost seems like he's waiting for movement and then he goes. So that's definitely something that was a little bit concerning for me. He plays too upright. He needs to use his leverage better when he does use proper leverage. That guy is a bowling ball. I mean, he can wreck yeah. through anybody. Um, he also needs to continue building that pass rush repertoire as an interior defensive lineman. But, I mean, you could do a lot worse than Federian Mathis.
0: Yeah, and I guess when I said I think it's a deep defensive tackle draft, that's on the basis of you can find someone that can potentially help you. right? Yeah. And it What it's not necessarily deep in is pass rushing defensive tackles. Like, not yeah. a ton of guys where you're not like, okay, this guy is a project as a pass rusher. And that's not uncommon because, like, there's only – A few truly elite pass rushers. Well, it's funny I say that, and he
1: had nine sacks in 2021, so it's just crazy. Sure,
0: for sure, and and not all sacks are created equal, right? Oh yeah, it it depends how how you get it. And I think with Federi Mathis, like you'd see flashes for sure, where it's like, oh, that dude is kind of crazy. But he plays Alabama. Why isn't he just considered a first round pick? Right? Right. So there's obviously some drawbacks there as well. The first one I went before I get to my favorite one. The first one I went to was Matthew Butler, defensive tackle from Tennessee. Some ties to the Chargers. That was one of the reasons that I, I looked at him specifically. Derek Ansley, former defensive coordinator at Tennessee. Obviously, you'd be able to find out about this guy, right? And that's what Brandon Staley loves. He wants to know all about these players. And the Tennessee defensive line coach, according to Dame Bruegel, said, it's probably the smartest guy I've ever coached by far. That, that's some high praise from a coach right there. And we know the Chargers love, you know, smart players. But these are the things I liked. Comes off the line of scrimmage angry quick get off but throws everything into it stacks and sheds blockers well i know that is a knock of him i thought he did it fine good arm length 33 and a half inches plays with good leverage i think he like lost half an inch at his pro day in the arm length i'd be so upset if like i went down into like the 32s because i i redid my arm length at the, at the pro day don't do that great motor active hands he's a smooth athlete smooth on twists and stunts he moves around well and all those things are great. I mean, he also, you know, was very productive last year as a defensive tackle, showed some pass rush skills, showed the ability to get rid of people in the pass rushing game, but inconsistent, I would say, but was definitely the heart and soul of that defensive line. And I think has some pass rush upside. Fortunately, he only had nine career sacks. He had five in 2021, but that's not huge numbers. Terrible agility scores in RAS It's the one thing that kept him to basically an average athlete there and just needs a more definitive rush plan. He can rush the passer. He can throw people out of the way. He's very disruptive. That's why I wonder if the Chargers would go for someone like him because it seems like they're going away from just the disruptive, penetrating type of players like a Justin Jones and getting guys who can just handle the gap, right, and be able to stack and shed blocks and make tackles that way. But I think he could definitely do that, especially as a guy who's considered a fourth or a fifth-round pick. Really liked what I saw from him. Who are you going with next?
1: Yeah, so my next guy here is going to be my last guy, but also I think one of my favorites that I've watched so far here, and please forgive me if I mess up this name, but it is Ioma Wazirike out of Iowa State here. Six foot six, 316 pounds, and 35 and an eighth inch arms. This guy has ridiculous length. I mean, he's a massive human being. Like I said, ridiculous arm length. He has really explosive and impressive get-offs. I mean, I, I talked about uh, you know one of the other players not being able to get off the ball very well. This guy explodes off the ball. He has an extremely quick first step. Um, he does a great job of defeating double teams. He uses his long limbs to also swap the balls down. I saw that a couple of different times. He also blocked two field goals while he was in college. Um, he also lined up everywhere on the defensive line. So he not if he didn't get there, he was using his arm length to to create havoc and make an impact on the play. Some of the things he needs to work on Mm -hmm. is he does lose his balance at times. Um, Would like to see him use that arm length a little bit more effectively as a pass rusher. I mean, some pass rushers have a a good, you know, one arm move. Long Um, arm. Yeah, yeah, a long arm move, right? He needs to to utilize that because it's definitely something that could be very effective at the next level. Um, Also needs to be a little bit more aware of the ball carrier in space. Like he gets like around there, like he understands – mostly where to be at, but sometimes that's a big
0: skill for defensive tackles, finding the ball carrier, especially because you're in the middle of it. You're in the chaos. And that's something you definitely see from certain defensive tackle prospects more than others for sure.
1: Yeah. So the awareness probably needs a a little bit of help there, but I mean, I, I, a lot of things to like, and he's, he's projected to go in the fifth to sixth round. I think the traits that I saw on film for me pop out and I would love to see his length and his explosiveness, um, to be able to add to the Chargers defensive line.
0: When he had nine sacks, too, didn't he? Like yeah, yeah, last season, like something crazy like that. I mean, that's there has to be something there. Just because if a dude's six foot six has 30 over 35 inch arms, and is a good athlete with a good get-off, I mean that 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 seems suspicious that he would be a fifth or sixth-round pick. Hard to see him lasting that long if that's the case. I was smiling a lot. It's because I'm getting to my last prospect who i love a lot and i've actually talked a little bit about before when we were talking about senior bowl stuff but it's neil farrell jr six foot four he looks like he's like five foot eleven sometimes but <laughs> it's just because he's so thick like i mean yeah. the dude is a beefy boy and that's why i love him Me, you know a little bit of uh you know forrest merrill same, same kind of love i had for forrest merrill i feel for neil farrell jr and like the guy's not super athletic. I'll get to that point. <laughs> not super athletic is probably the nicest way to say one of the worst, worst athletes that's ever tested. We'll get to that. That's not the point. Beefy boy, great motor, hard to move off the line of squimmage. He fights like crazy to you know keep his position, to get past dudes. A nice swim move, nice rip move. I liked a lot. The spin move, on the other hand, it looks like he's in quicksand. Like it's the <laughs> slowest spin move of all time. I don't know if it worked for him at one point, and he's like, I know yeah, it's doing still this there. Again. I know it, it's gonna work. I know I still have it in there somewhere. I just have to find it. But like, I could spin around in this chair faster <laughs> than, than his spin move. So you're saying he should scrap it? But like, makes a ton. Like, I, I saw him just making play after play. Just makes plays around the line of scrimmage. Can get into the backfield. Has a little bit of pass rush chops as well. But also scored an Ras score of .85. you might think I'm saying 8.5 because like, that has been a team of some of the guys that I've drafted or had the Chargers draft. No, 0.85, as in less than 1 out of 10, as in the worst one I've personally ever seen. It was like a 5.4, 140, a 20-inch vertical, short arms. Everything athletically tells you not to take this, but everything, you know, he's still the eighth-ranked defensive tackle from Dane Brugler of The Athletic. Not all about the testing. Not all – I mean, and he went to the Senior Bowl in Mobile and dominated. You know yeah. what I mean? Like maybe, it, you know, there's a weight thing where he gets get some better weight. Maybe he figure that out in the offseason and not caring as much. But I thought his quickness was fine. Can beat offensive linemen for sure. I thought his hand usage was good. Won the offseason circuit at the Senior Bowl and stuff like that. Obviously didn't win the testing part of the offseason circuit. But the dude's a little meatball and he makes plays. And I love him. And And we're talking about a fourth or fifth round pick. I would feel great about the Chargers spending a fourth or a fifth-round pick on Neil Firo Jr., even though, according to RES, he's literally one of the worst athletes to ever come into the NFL.
1: Of all time.
0: Of all time. No, that <laughs> I mean, 0. .85, dude. And, like, the thing was, I was clicking the button to look it up, and I was like, I'm not going to want to look at this. I'm not going to like what this says. Because I think he does play more athletic, but obviously you watch him the dude's running around 330 pounds. Like, yeah, not the most athletic, you know, not sideline-to-sideline side player. And then I saw .85, and I was like, you know what? Like, this is so bad, it almost makes me want him more. Because, like, (laughs) for a dude to play that good, being that athletically challenged, right, especially at defensive tackle, right, and you're talking about a guy who's going to come in as a rotational nose tackle type of player, it almost made me want him more, even though, like, I had a bunch of other guys with, like, 9.7s and 10.0s and and things like that. His athletic score isn't going to scare me away. But that's why it's just a piece of the pie, Daniel. Sure. I mean,
1: you can't just say, oh, hey, his relative athletic Love score him. is so low. I'm never going to give this guy a chance. You have to watch the, the film. You have to do the research on these guys. You have to put it all together. That's just one piece of it. Yeah, that's probably pretty scary. But then you <laughs> flip on the tape. You see him make plays. And then that kind of changes your opinion. Like I said, yeah. you can't just base everything off of the the testing. Can't judge a book by its cover. A t-shirt right it's not you're not always going to see who the player is and what they can do
0: the combine's way overrated too but obviously when you see guys who are just testing like okay out of you know twenty thousand people or whatever you know however many people go to the combine like they're that high it's like okay that'll open your eyes to something sure but it's not the whole picture and neil farrell jr i think is the best example of that dude it's a little meatball he's a little sausage casing running around the field just swimming over people, like just maintaining the point of attack, even though he's not the most physical player. I think he had like 17 reps on the bench press. But his functional strength looked so much better, you know? So there's just some things that didn't necessarily match up there. But I think the Chargers could find someone at defensive tackle, you know, an auxiliary piece, a supplementary piece to what they have added in for agency and find themselves a nice little player if they play their cards right because there's some dudes out there, as we just told you. That could help him. But one of the other biggest positions, David, one I think deserves its own show because it's talked about so much is the wide receiver position. Even with three wide receivers, the Chargers should feel pretty good about with Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and Josh Palmer. A lot of people still want Jamison Williams at 17, so that's what we're going to be talking about tomorrow, getting into the first-round options and the elite of the elite receivers and also getting into if the Chargers don't decide to go that way at 17. Some other guys later in the draft to find that yak guy, to find that speed guy. We're talking wide receiver draft special on tomorrow's show, but until then, to make sure you don't miss it, subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel. Find the show for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcasts from, and if you like the show, make sure to rate and review as well. We really appreciate that. And if you guys want to hit us up to give us your draft opinions or whatever, you can hit me up on Twitter at Dan Talksports and David Drogenmeier on Twitter at DroTalkSD. SD. You can also find the show's page at Lockdown LAC and find our new Instagram page at Lockdown Chargers and our Lockdown Chargers Facebook page. We're pretty much on all social media. Still waiting for David to start the TikTok, but it hasn't happened yet. But you guys can always find us on all the social media and you can call into the Lockdown Chargers voicemail line at 323. 323- 524 7924. But that's going to do it for us today. We're talking wide receivers tomorrow. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.